Well, good morning. It's been a special morning. I couldn't help but uh, think back through my many years when I had little kids leading us in worship for Christmas. I don't think there's anything better than to be able to let children lead us to the Savior in such a special month as this. And so Angela and kids, so grateful for them and leading us in a different kind of worship today. Uh, indeed, we are glad to have you, especially if you're new. My name is Carrie, and as lead pastor, it was a little bit different Sunday. I was just talking to some newer people here, and uh, the young boy was like, I, wanna, I'm, I came for the band, and I'm like, there's no band today, but there's something better than that with the kids leading us. But uh, we're going to take a stroll through these weeks as a church for Christmas season and let Jesus Christ be placed at the center of your life and the center of your heart and the center of your family. But that's not often the way that the December month rolls out. Sometimes we as staff, we think through all the programming dynamics of December, and all I say usually is keep it simple, do fewer things, because it just fills up so much, doesn't it? And all the different opportunities that we have. But uh, if you're like me, there's a tendency to not have peace during the month of December. And so I'm determined to help us at least once every seven days, this month for you to be found in a place of peace. And so we've entitled these weeks Missing Peace. Um, it's a play off of the whole idea of a puzzle, right? And so any of you guys puzzle people in here? And you do what with puzzles? You usually put together the perimeter, right? And you start filling in and this piece connects to that piece. And you're moving through the opportunity to have this beautiful puzzle uh, be uh, done before you. Maybe you mount it. Maybe you just store it away to the side of a, a craft room or something like that. But the idea is to, to get it all put together, right? And that's sort of the way life is sometimes. We're trying to get it all put together, piece by piece by piece. And, and whether it has to do with uh, financial pieces or health pieces or career opportunities or finding a home or being able to get the kids in the right school, make sure the kids do well. We work really, really, really hard at getting all the pieces put together. And some people excel at putting all the pieces together. And we step back and we go, wow, that person is really successful. And so you're trying to be the successful person to, to maybe have it all, to make sure that you, your postings on social media give some of the perfect kind of picture. But you know what? Even with the people that seem to have it all together and their puzzle looks just good and right, many a times, there is the missing piece in the middle of it. Now, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands here today, but how many would say, you know, that's sort of what's going on with me right now. There is a missing piece, not some piece of uh, uh, the pie or a piece of finances or a, a piece of popularity, but there is a missing piece in the center of my life. And I tell you what, even if you are a Christ follower this morning, this can happen to you. Because we try to have it all together spiritually, right? Do the right things. Have our kids in the Christmas program. Other, and, and we're like, wait a second. I, do I really have the 
peace that God intended for us to have about in my own life? Is, is there a sense of calm? Is there a sense of joy? And I tell you what, we run from one year to the next, to the next, to the next, from one season to the next. You know, we're saying, oh my goodness, it's Christmas month, right? And 2023 is around the corner, and then we'll be rolling through into the spring before you know it. Life just keeps on moving. Time just keeps on rolling, rolling into the future, right? And you're like, wait a second, time out. Let's pause. Let's reflect. Even as Christian followers. Do you have the peace of God operating in your life? Did something happen this last week where maybe your response wasn't, was, well, it just probably wasn't the Jesus kind of response? Or, or maybe it wasn't some reaction. Maybe there was just a deep, settled depression. Can I use that word? Disappointment? Frustration? There's a longing in your heart for there to be peace. And as the video portrayed, it's just sort of accentuated during this month because we have these high expectations of having things just right. But there can easily be this understanding, misunderstanding of what we need to be pursuing at this time. And so every week for this month, we're going to be talking about missing peace. And hopefully... It'll be encouragement to you as we walk through. The kids, they did a great job of capturing the story really quickly, right? The Advent story, Christ's entrance into the world. The people that were longing for the Messiah during that time, they, um, they had deep, deep longings for there to be peace. They were living in a chaotic world run by the Romans. There was a lot of dissension from one group of people to another. The government was breathing on them. The religious elite people had a bunch of rules and expectations that they were supposed to be living up to. But they'd heard through years, hundreds of years, millenniums of years, that there would be a Messiah who would come and that this Messiah would restore some things. In particular, that the Messiah would restore a sense of peace. And that's why, as it was proclaimed by the angels, right? Here's the shepherds just minding their jobs, not imposing upon anybody. The babe Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and the angels appeared to them and declared what? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? Boredom. Same old, same old. No, the declaration was peace, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. If you were a shepherd, you've been startled, right? It, would that have been good news to you, the peace? Or would you rather had? Some other kind of declaration. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Power to you. Or purpose to you. Or popularity to you. No, the declaration was peace. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace is 
in short supply in so many ways. But they had longed for and they had waited for peace to come. You can go back to the Old Testament scriptures that prophesied about the Messiah and right there at the center are the prophecies about this Messiah who would come and change the culture and change people's lives was the word peace. As it says in Isaiah 9, 6, the declaration, you're familiar with it. Many of you, we could take it and we could do a whole series just with only these four points of declaration. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, what? Wonderful Counselor. What? Mighty God. What? Everlasting Father. And what? Prince of Peace. Jesus, who came to this earth, he came as the Prince of Peace. Now, the interesting thing about Jesus coming to earth, and he would declare that he would bring peace, was Jesus also said that he would bring a sword. What's up with that? Why? Because peace centers on the person of Jesus Christ himself and what you and I choose to do with the advent, God coming in human flesh. And so all of our challenges with peace really are centered right there. And we see division today. We see people being ostracized. We see the sword being pulled out in so many ways. And you're going like, where's the peace at in our world? Underneath it has to do with lordship of who we worship, just like we did here this morning. We worship God through the innocence of children. But that's not what the adversary does. Satan wants us to get pursuing this and this and this, putting that piece here, putting that piece here. Let's get the puzzle put together and let's look at the, woo, look at the puzzle. I've done it. I've done it all. But there's the missing piece because there's the missing prince of peace at the center of our life. And that's what will steal your Christmas this month is if you let all the trappings and consumerism, materialism, and even good things like parties and all that take you away. From walking through this month with the Prince of Peace. It says right after this in Isaiah 9, chapter 7, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Do you ever have those weeks? I have them where you long for peace in the midst of a lot of activity, what's going on, and sometimes it's not falling together very well, and you think to yourself, heaven's going to be a beautiful place. Do you ever have those thoughts? Maybe it's because I'm getting older, right? Paradise. Do you ever picture paradise as chaotic? You know, the first place of paradise was what? The Garden of Eden, right? God created the Garden of Eden. He placed Adam and Eve in there. Do you picture the Garden of Eden before the fall as a place that's chaotic? Or do you picture it as a place of peace? Right now, I want you to, to, to wheel back in your mind all the different places you've gone on vacation. And I want you to find that place that you smile and you think, oh, 
that was a place of peace. Do you have one of those places? I have several of those places in my mind, so sometimes instead of thinking, oh, you know, it's like, it wouldn't be in heaven, it's nice, like, oh, let me just picture myself back there along that sea, sitting there and, and taking in the beauty of nature and, and God's goodness. We have an internal longing for peace. That's because when God created human beings, he placed them in paradise. And our longing is for a place of paradise heaven, a new heaven and a new earth in which there will be peace, that the swords will be turned in to other things that are much more profitable than warring against one another. Where Jesus, it says in Scripture, will wipe every tear from our eye. You won't have to have any locks on your doors. You can leave your keys in your car. Will there be cars in heaven? I don't know. Sort of that teleporting thing. But our, our minds can comprehend and think of a place of peace, whether it's some place we've visited or been a part of in this life or the life to come, and it's because we are living in chaotic times. And the chaotic times are here because the adversary wants to, to, to dishevel your life and make you pursue all these other little pieces and then you're confused as to what really is going to bring the real peace and what brings the real peace is the Prince of Peace and that's what this season's about because God made a choice to rescue us and do something about the brokenness because the Garden of Eden became the story of the fall of man when Satan tempted Adam and Eve and they sinned and they broke relationship with God. And so from the very beginning, there has been sin that entered into the world. Everybody that's been born since then has a sinful nature, the me, 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 let me grab my pieces, right? And so we are living in a time of chaos until Jesus came and he came the first time to establish peace in the hearts of people. And we're going to be talking about that more in the coming weeks. But then there we are moving towards this place of peace called paradise, the new heaven and the new earth. And I don't fully understand how to unpack all that. And even as an ant-sized brain that we have as human beings, we can't comprehend all that God has for us. But we do know this, when our Messiah came... He came to give peace and to point to a place of eternal peace because he's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and he is the Prince of Peace and of his government. It will never end. Peace will see no end. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, that's pretty good news for Christmas. All the things on your wish list, you got them, right? Come on now. Even if you're older, you need to have a wish list, right? My kids text me their wish list. What's on your wish list? I wish I had better health. I wish I had resources to make payments on all those bills. I wish that my kids were doing better. I'm concerned and troubled about them. I, I wish that I had some notoriety at work. Nobody appreciates me. I wish that uh, 
maybe I could make it big. People could look up to me and have some fame even. I, I don't know. What's on your wish list? I think all of us need to have peace on our wish list. And if peace is on our wish list, then I want to focus us on how to have peace more in our life each and every day, especially this month, because we're worshiping the Prince of Peace. So with that, I want us to um, go to a passage in Isaiah. And this passage in Isaiah is found in Isaiah 26. And if you're familiar with anything about uh, the book of Isaiah, you're realizing that Isaiah has prophetic words into it. It's a very lengthy kind of um, discourse and storyline of different places concerning the prophet of Isaiah. And Isaiah says this in chapter 26, verse 1, if you've got your scriptures. It says, In that day this song will be sung in the land... And in the land of Judah, we'll sing this song. The prophecies speaking about that future time when there would be peace in the land because there was no peace in the land. And it says this, we have a strong city. We will declare this then, that we have a strong city. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. In those days, good walls gave you a lot of protection from the enemy who would try to take you over. And so they were hearing a prophetic word from Isaiah concerning that day. And oh, what a beautiful day that will be. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. And then it says, open the gates. Open the gates that the righteous nations, nation may enter. That nation that keeps faith. The New Living Translation says, open the gates. To all who are righteous, allow faithful ones to enter into this place. And then it says this in verse 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Sign me up. That's my wish. That's my wish. I wish to be kept in a place of perfect peace. You know, it's not just like, hey, I experienced it for a couple hours. That's why somebody took the kids away. No, it's, I want to be kept in a place of perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are what? Fixed on you. So peace is tied directly to the Messiah, who's prophesied is coming, who's God himself, and it's tied directly to how you fix your gaze, your thoughts upon Jesus. That leads to perfect peace. Now, the word peace in Hebrew, do you know what the word is? Some of you would. It's the word shalom. Shalom. So if you were uh, in Israel today and uh, around some Jewish people, and uh, most likely, instead of saying, hey, how are you doing today? They would say, shalom. Shalom. Peace. Peace unto you. In fact, there's references in Scripture of, uh, you know, the writers in, in Scripture would talk about peace. 
Paul would say grace and peace to you. He didn't say grace and power, grace and popularity, right? Grace and purpose. It was grace and peace. There was this extension of peace, goodwill. I want you to have peace. Are you in turmoil? They're saying peace, shalom, shalom. And so the word shalom, which is translated peace here, it doesn't mean just like the absence of war. Actually, uh, the word peace appears about 300 and some times in Scripture, and it appears for some different nuances, but at the center, at the core of it, has to do with this idea of the internal well-being of your soul. And so peace, shalom, is inner completeness, wholeness, and tranquility. Shalom, peace. Uh, not just peace, but perfect peace. In fact, that passage, Isaiah 26, 3, um, it really repeats the word shalom twice in the Hebrew. You will keep in shalom, shalom. And that's where they translated it, perfect peace. I'm like, right, I said it a couple times, right? Perfect peace then. So he will keep you in shalom who trust in you who's the prince of peace, right? It says that earlier in Isaiah. And you will be able to have that shalom if you keep your thoughts fixed on him. And then it says this in verse 4, trust in the Lord always, always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. All right. Think about the stress you had in your life this week or what you're worried about in the week to come. Maybe it's something in your personal life. Maybe it's somebody else that you care for a lot. In that situation, where is your gaze? Where is your look? Where is your fixation? Is it on the problem and the fear that comes if that's not resolved or if that piece of the puzzle doesn't come through? Where is your eyesight? Where is your heart, your disposition? And I don't know. If you're like me, I don't necessarily hope that you're like me, but you're a human being, like I'm a human being. You go, run, 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 run. Scatter down trying to fix this, especially if you're a guy. I'm going to fix it. I got this. I'm going to resolve it. And you try to fix it, and that doesn't work, and only climbs you into some deeper kind of hole, and you're working, working, working. And, and all of your gaze and your fixation is other places than being fixed, centered on the eternal rock, the one who we're to place our faith in, the Prince of Peace. And so this is your takeaway here this morning. It's really pretty simple, and it's this. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Rather, peace is found in the presence of God. So where are you running? Where are you looking? And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace this morning, then I would just ask you to answer a simple question. What are you running after? What, what do you think that missing peace in your life have you ever thought and paused that it might be the Prince of Peace, that he created you to be in relationship with you, 
oh, not to get religion and go to church and do all the legalistic, institutional kind of stuff. No, no, no. That's not what the scriptures, the word of God's about. It's about God wanting to have a relationship with you. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. And could it be that you need to start looking maybe that direction? And if you got questions about the faith, if you got concerns about those people who follow Jesus, because there's a lot of people that do have concerns about Christians these days, well, that's all fine and well done. But seek out who Jesus is and get fixated a little bit on your discovery and your questions and your um, problems and how he might define them. Have you ever gone on that pursuit? Have you ever really wanted Jesus to be somebody who became real to you that maybe you could have a relationship with, that maybe he as the Prince of Peace could come and bring peace in your heart? So if you're not a Christ follower this morning, that's where I would encourage you to consider that maybe peace isn't about getting rid of all the problems in your life and scaling the ladder and looking successful and, and having all the pieces put in place in your personal puzzle. Maybe it's that you've never pursued the presence of God. His still small voice will speak to you. Those who seek me will find me when they seek me with what? All of their heart. Take that opportunity. And if you are a Christ follower this morning, as I have a tendency to do, uh, slow down, pause, think through this. Let's back away from the situation and the problem. Let's stop trying to fix it. And let's find ourselves in the presence of God cultivating that presence so by his voice becomes the voice that guides us even through dark valleys sometimes described as shadows of death for the word says that he is with us there peace isn't found in the absence of problems rather peace is found in the presence of god that's your assignment this month how are you going to be found in the presence of god the prince of peace this month in a better measure than maybe you were last week or this past year and take that opportunity it says this in james 4 8 come near to god and he will come near to you god never leaves you he doesn't move away but we allow things to cloud us to be in his presence some of you may be familiar uh, with this individual he is actually a monk uh, monk is a a cringeworthy word sometimes because we think that you know they just cloister themselves away and and they operate in their own monastery or something like that but there was a friar from Paris, actually, where he lived most of his life, a monk by the name of uh, Brother Lawrence. It was He called himself Lawrence of the Resurrection. Uh, he actually had uh, another name. But Brother Lawrence lived um, from 1605 to 1691. And he wrote uh, different kinds of pieces and he had different kinds of conversations and there was a guy that came after him that was sort of a friend of his and had sat with him and he compiled these things together in a little booklet called uh, The Practice of the Presence of God. 
And I would encourage you to, to look into that book because practicing the presence of God has some really good pointers in it, but it's, it's sort of simple. Um, Brother Lawrence, he ran the kitchen at the monastery, and so he cooked for a lot of people, and that could be a, a busy kind of thing. It could also be the thing where you got maybe a few complaints, huh? Some words of thanks. But he was preoccupied with doing his responsibilities. And he learned that the, there was really no difference between cleaning pots and pans or preparing a meal and spending time in prayer like they would at the monastery. Because whether you're working or you're on your knees or you're on a walk, you are in the presence of God. And you practice the presence of God in those moments. So when you're trying to put all the pieces together in your life and get like happening, and you're like, oh, I'm crazy. I can't believe that. It's not going my... Pause in that moment. Do you know that God's no further away in that moment than when you're in a worship service at the Awakening Church being endeared to the hearts of children worshiping? Same place with God. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you because he's not moved, but you have moved. And we get so clouded with the responsibilities. But even in our responsibilities, it's not saying get rid of them or even get rid of the problems. In our responsibilities, practice the presence of God. Put him right there. I've mentioned this before. For me, a lot of times, I, I have to put Jesus in the car seat. You ever done that? I'm on my way. I'm running late. I need to get this done. What I'm going to do? I've got a passenger. My passenger is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. And he's not sitting over there scowling at me. He's just sitting there. Hey, Carrie, chill out. It's all right. I've got this. I'm going to take care of some things. I have to put Jesus in the car seat next to me. I have to put Jesus around the, the staff table when we're having conversations. I have to put Jesus in all kinds of situations when I'm in a heated debate with uh, one of my kids on something maybe. Jesus is right there. I have to practice the presence of God. Jesus is there and I have to mentally put him there. In fact, I would do it so much, and I've referenced this before. My wife, when we first started dating, got, found it a little bit weird because she's a little bit concerned because she'd say, well, what'd you do today? And I said, well, we went here and we went there. Oh, well, who are you with? I'm like, oh, uh, Jesus, me? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, no, I, I would just have to cultivate that in my life. That Jesus is next to me. He is with me. And it's not just a buddy-buddy. This is the God of the universe who became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory to the only begotten from the Father. Full of grace and truth. And the Prince of Peace. Who were you with today again? Prince of Peace. Put him in your car seat. Walk along the path with him. Put him in the cubicle next to you. Sitting down in your classroom, front row. He is with you. And practice the presence. Practice, practice the presence of God in your life. He will keep you in perfect shalom, shalom, whose what? Trust in Him and whose eyes are fixed on Him. So let me just give you a few questions for, for homework right here, right? Here's the question number one What do 
you watch, read, and listen to each day? What do you watch, read, and listen to each day? Does it cultivate a sense of the Prince of Peace or it distracts you? And maybe you see the, war, war, the world warring with itself, one to another. Do you watch CNN? Do you watch Fox News? Got to get both sides of the aisle, right? I don't know if either one's very good. What, what do you read? Does, does, does your Facebook or your social media or your, your internet, does it open to the, the news sites? And you gotta, I, I like to stay up on news. I don't like to be blindsided. I like to know what's happening. Even on a Sunday like today, I need to make sure, is there anything in the news that happened where I'm standing up there and something else is going on that I don't know anything about, right? Something big picture, right? But you know what? You can get consumed with news. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Sometimes, and, and, and God bless even the Christian stations, I just have to turn off the radio. <sighs> Thanks, Jesus, for being in the car with me. I'm just going to spend some time in perfect peace, fixating my eyes and my thoughts upon you. What would you say to me right now, Lord? I'm really disappointed in you. No, probably not that. You probably say, I love you. You're my child. We just came through a series on our identity in Christ. What's your foremost identity, right? He's going to remind me about my identity, that I'm a child of God, that, you know, I'm an ambassador of the Savior, and that I'm a co-heir with him. Oh, those are rich things. Let me think about that. Here, here's a second question that goes with this. And you already, uh, what do you watch, read, and listen to each day? Here's the second question. What do you listen to, read, and watch each day? Because some of you needed to hear it twice. And just flip it a little bit. Practice the presence of God. Many times it is music that leads us to a heart of worship. So turn the radio on or pop in an MP3. There's something that draws us to the presence of the Lord. What we read, this scripture here is given to you for you to hear the word of God. Take the Psalms, maybe in particular, the worship and read. May that be a part of your diet or listen to you version, uh, not just by looking at it on your phone, that app, but also you can, you can play the you version through uh, your car or something. And you could just listen to scripture. So those are first, here's another set. Um, where do your thoughts drift during idle times? Well, pastor, I don't have any idle times. It may be. But if you're just chilling a little bit, where do your thoughts drift? Oh, my thoughts drift to my problems, right? My thoughts drift to my dilemmas, my difficulties, what I'm going to do in that situation, how I'm going to make ends meet on this, you know, how I'm going to get healthier in this way. And your thoughts, where your thoughts are, that, they'll pull you that direction, right? The Word says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you think it pulls your heart in those directions. And it's not just the idle times. Where do your thoughts drift during work time? Well, I'm working, making things happen, providing for my family. Well, great. But in your work, there may be times when you can dwell and think on the things of the Lord. A third set of questions. Who? Who stands ready to listen when you complain? Because sometimes you need to complain. There's problems. I'm not saying stuff it, 
sweep it underneath the carpet. It's like, no, here's my legitimate complaint. And then you have to say to yourself, well, who am I complaining to? Well, it's my spouse. She gets tired of hearing it, or he gets tired of hearing it. Or maybe you, you spew things to a coworker, or spew things to one of your kids, or maybe you just tell your dog off. I don't know. <laughs> who do you complain to? Well, you know what? Jesus sitting in your car seat or walking with you or in your living room, he's ready to hear your complaints. Practice the presence of God. Maybe you're missing peace in the midst of that complaint because he's not in the middle of your conversation and how you're thinking about trying to resolve and find a way forward. Who stands ready to listen when you complain? Is it Jesus or is it someone else you're trying to go to? Who stands ready to hold you when you cry? In those moments of discouragement, of weariness, do you reach out to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you find yourself looking to him? You know, there's a story in scripture of Jesus in a boat with his disciples. They're on the Sea of Galilee. Whirlwind storm comes kicking in. And Sea of Galilee is like a bull shape around, and so storms can happen pretty quick. He's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And Jesus, remember what he was doing? He was sleeping. And the disciples were freaking out because they thought they were going to die or be capsized. And they're like, he doesn't care. Look at him over there sleeping. And so they wake him up in the middle of this storm. And Jesus stands up. And he does what? Peace be still. He calms the external storm. But it wasn't the external storm that they needed to realize was their most critical battle at that moment. Their external storm pointed to an internal storm, and the internal storm had to do with a, last, a lack of peace and trust in God. And so in your storms of life right now, I, we pray to God, would you wake up, stand up, and say, peace be still. We want the external. But the external is not nearly as important as the internal. The internal peace that you and I need to have in the midst of situation. Why? Because peace isn't found in the absence of problems and storms. Peace is found in the presence of God. Jesus was giving last-minute instructions to his disciples before he was headed to the cross. They didn't fully understand the large discourse that he had dropped himself into. He was communicating with them in an intimate kind of setting, delivering some of his final thoughts before the cross and what really this life's about and, and the hope of a Messiah and all that stood before him. And he said this in part of that beautiful discourse that's found in John 14 all the way through the high priestly prayer of John 17. Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace, shalom I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And what he was describing that he would give them, not of the world, which is, hey, just chill out, have more positive thinking going on in your mind. He was going to give them his very spirit the holy spirit 
John 15 rolls right on the hands of that. Abide in me and I in you. He gave himself because Jesus is your peace. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, I encourage you to consider that. And if you do, are you practicing the presence of Jesus, the Prince of Peace in your life, or not? I'm going to um, ask Carl come, and we're going to have a couple things to close our time with here this morning. We're going to have an opportunity for you to partake of communion. And then we're going to finish out with a song of worship. And I want you to take these two elements, these two moments, and I want you to practice the presence of shalom, practice the presence of Jesus in your life. Because he's here to meet you where you're at right now with all that's going on on the heels here of a beautiful December. And he wants to minister his peace and his grace to you. If you don't have a communion cup, you can just raise your hand and the ushers will get you a communion cup with both the, the juice and the bread if you didn't get one when you came in. If you're a follower of Jesus, we encourage you to join together. It's Even if you're visiting today, family member, you attend somewhere else, there's only one Holy Communion, and that's for those who are followers of Jesus. But it says this in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Paul says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. In your hand... is the cup and the bread. I want you to partake on your own as you feel led. The bread represents his body that was broken for you. The juice represents his blood that was shed on your behalf for the forgiveness of your sins. And as you take some of these moments in quietness, Remember, the Prince of Peace is with you. And if you need to lay something down at the foot of the cross that you're anxious and worried about, then lay it down. Lay it down. Leave it at his feet. But in quiet moments of reflection, may you take of the bread and take of the cup, remembering the new covenant that came through Jesus Christ, remembering it till he comes again and establishes that eternal place of shalom in a physical realm. But you can have that place in a spiritual interior realm in your life here this morning. These are your moments.